Chapter Twenty Eight of On a Donkey's Hurricane Deck. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. On a Donkey's Hurricane Deck by Robert Pitcher Woodward. Chapter Twenty Eight. Mare rides macaroni by pie pod if i knowed a donkey what wouldn't go to see mrs jarley's waxwork show do you think i'd wallop him oh no no then run to jarley's old curiosity shop dennison was still and peaceful when at nine in the evening we trailed up to its leading hotel after a long and tiresome day's walk for to relieve cheese and macaroni coonskin and i had journeyed half the distance on foot but we left next day in good season for arion taking it slowly as cheese was noticeably lame he had stumbled in the darkness the evening before at arion so aggravated was his injury that i tarried a whole day for i appraised him a valued animal when i resumed the pilgrimage i took it slowly and relieved the animal from any burden more than his saddle coonskin and i took turns riding mac who was as chipper and strong as ever he gloried in his health and vigor and found amusement in chaffing his unfortunate comrade the eve of may thirtieth was spent in camp a few miles from woodbine the following morning when we were still two miles from town my courier who had preceded us wheeled back in company with an old white-haired man leading three white eskimo dogs the stranger managed his sportive pets with one hand and carried a basket of apples in the other and introducing himself and shaking hands he presented me with a delicious russet fruit and welcomed me to his home in the distance as his guest for the holiday a pleasure i was compelled to deny myself for lack of time according to his own account he was a hermit and lived in the society of his canine companions as he had the greater part of his seventy-five years content to subsist on the product of his little thirty-six acre farm he denied himself the use of any portion of a small fortune of fifteen thousand dollars in gold which he claimed he had buried somewhere outside of that state nobody had ever helped him to assent and he resolved that no one should enjoy a dollar of his money I put up at the Columbia Hotel Woodbine a pretty brick hostelry and After an enjoyable lounge in the parlor. We all went out to see the military and civic parade in keeping with the usual Memorial Day custom The band assembled from all quarters and kinds of quarters doors windows cellars barns corn cribs haystacks hen coops smokehouses etc and without delay began tuning instruments their uniforms challenged imitation no two were dressed alike every horn was different they tried to outvoice each other when suddenly the bass drum banged away and upset the equilibrium of the horns until the snare drums and cymbals interfered as peacemakers at last after much strain of nerve tissue the medley of musical tools settled down to a good sensible patriotic tune which held sway for fifteen minutes but the procession that followed the band beggared description the band acted as leaders 
the grand army followed as pointers then trailed the wheelers carriages filled with citizens and farmers there were democrat wagons sidebar buggies buckboards carts jigs surreys hayricks baby carriages wheelbarrows goat carts and velocipedes pedestrians then fell into line and brought up the rear to cap the climax a big fat man with inflated chest galloped past on a faded wind-broken horse and exhorted the excitable celebrators to strictly obey orders remember citizens he yelled let us take care not to have any accident today for we are not used to em here the procession had begun slowly to move forward when suddenly the command was given to halt and the bangety bang clappity clap rip slap of wagon tongue against wagon boxes sounded like freight cars when the engine clamps on the brakes the firearms carried looked as if they had been loaned by some museum for the event they were muskets matchlocks flintlocks and minus locks winchesters remingtons ballards floberts sharps springfields shotguns muzzle loaders and breech loaders blunderbusses carbines bean shooters slingshots and cross guns a most formidable looking arsenal such a pageant when the procession arrived at the cemetery the hearse filled with flowers stopped in front of a newly made grave then the undertaker in black clothes and red cap seated beside the driver in blue coat white trousers and stovepipe hat banged a bass drum in his lap with an indian club as each floral piece was placed on the several soldiers graves presently my attention was directed to a new excavation before which solemnly stood coonskin as immovable and statuesque as a marble slab and soon i observed an aged woman approach bend toward the human statue and read the pathetic epitaph on his back take blank's cathartic pills and keep healthy poor boy she exclaimed sorrowfully a pity to have died so young that was too much for coonskin who instantly resumed consciousness and wheeled about as the frightened mourner gasped bless my stars alive when mac took in the situation he brayed with merriment almost shaking me out of the saddle the interesting proceedings concluded with a volley fired over a grave and at once bird shot buckshot salt pork hickory nuts marbles acorns beans and pebbles rained about us frightfully when the firing was through I assisted a quack doctor probe for a number one duck shot in Barley's shoulder and an acorn in Coonskin's leg. As I mounted my terrified donkey, I noticed the old woman had fainted. Bending over her was a gallant fellow countryman, trying to fan her back to life with his broad-brimmed hat, while exposing patched trousers to an admiring crowd. As soon as she came to, we started for the hotel congratulating ourselves on our narrow escape next day we set out for logan our arrival was signalled by an assembly of townspeople headed by their mayor who greeted me cordially and asked to ride the celebrated donkey he rode mac up and down the central street before the cheering throng as had the mayors of other towns we had visited then i delivered a lecture on my travels on a corner of the business street after which coonskin who had lately received his banjo guitar from home accompanied me with my mandolin recently purchased 
as we gave a short serenade of music and song that made everybody sad and wish we would depart the morrow was the first of june i welcomed summer joyfully missouri valley was reached in the afternoon and there with my dog chained in the cellar of a hotel and the three donkeys stabled we men retired and slept the sleep of the just the further i journeyed the more primitive and squatty were both dwelling and store in small places and the architecture reached the superlative of simplicity on the plains but i observed more of a passion for flower gardens and shrubbery evinced west of the mississippi than east the great bluffs characterizing the banks of the missouri now loomed up verdant and picturesque after the genial showers and sunshine of spring every turn in the road presented a different kaleidoscope effect to the landscape wild roses lined the roadside as we passed in review with our hats trimmed with blossoms and songbirds carolled sweet melodies from early morn till eventide pure springs and wells were ever within reach and the farmers treated us to brimming bowls of sweet milk and buttermilk one day after imbibing freely from a barrel of buttermilk standing against the porch where i was chatting with the housewife i was astonished to see a calf walk up to the barrel and drink after that i lost my appetite for buttermilk all through iowa were droves or bunches of white-faced cattle the predominating breed i was told that the white-faced cattle make the best beef which seemed to sustain the theory early advanced by the indians that pale faces made the best roasts during the last few days i noted a happy change in damfino's demeanor and a marked improvement in cheese's tender feet damfino traveled faster and more smoothly her long ears swinging back and forth with every stride like pendulums of a clock and apparently assisting her to walk to regular time just as we were trailing out of crescent city a woman presented me with a large bouquet of flowers i had intended to travel ten miles that lovely june night but when some five miles from town on observing an inviting grassy lot i decided to go into camp we let our donkeys roam at will and graze and spread our sleeping bag under an apple tree then with don on guard and with the gleaming stars beaming on us through the boughs we enjoyed a delightful sleep at dawn we were awakened by the owner of the property a short crabbed individual who lifted a dirty face above the top fence rail and called get out to us i was awfully sleepy and dozed on luxuriously after a while he again hailed us now from the opposite quarter but still on the outside of the enclosure where i could see him eyeing disapprovingly my huge dog finally we induced him to come into our camp on the promise that our dog wouldn't molest him and even invited him to breakfast with us when we departed he was in good spirits he said he lived over in that house yonder all alone because he couldn't afford to live together of course we understood he informed me that we were following the old mormon trail to council bluffs where mormonism and bigamy flourished for a season before the historic band of pilgrims crossed the missouri in eighteen forty eight thursday june third my donkeys ambled into council bluffs End of chapter twenty eight